arrived. We are broadcasting Raw Live from my ass. Boom, boom. I'd rather watch two old women slap my ass. <laughs> Woo. That's as tough as a chunk of my ass. Here comes the biggest ass. The big man is back. Jim Ross. 350 pounds. Say hello to my ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest spectacle on earth. My ass. 30 men will enter. My ass. You know what I mean. The most important thing to a tag team is my ass. I totally agree with you, JR. Here you go, King. Kiss my ass. I wish you would jump on top of me, JR. It disgusts me to see my ass. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than this. I can't help but look at her butt, JR. What? What is going on, guys? It is your boy, Joey, from Deep Six Wrestling and the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. And I'm here right now because, unfortunately, I lost another Predictions. Um, this is my third now. And uh, it's, it's kind of crazy because I went like a whole year plus without ever losing. And now I have three losses. Um, but, yeah, so now I have to read a fanfic. Um, it's based on AEW. And it was... Um, given to me by Ryan. Uh, so this one is, this one stars John Moxley and Darby Allen. Um, there's no title for this one. Um, it's just the chapters are titled and I only have to read the first chapter. Um, but the first chapter is called Deathmatch Daddy. Uh, so let's get right into that. Yeah. All right. So the summary is after a rough match, Darby is scared for his daddy. John assures him that he'll never leave him. Oh, that's kind of cute. All right. John is starting to hate how uncomfortable his pants are feeling from being worn for so long and being stuck with his own blood and sweat. He doesn't mind, though. In fact, he loves it. Deathmatches are John's bread covered in blood, and it feels damn good to be able to bring some of that to mainstream wrestling. There's only one minor problem tonight. It's really half of a problem. Darby is quickly regressing, but he's never regressed after one of John's matches. Darby usually regresses after a particularly in intense match or in stressful times. He's been John's little since they first fought. And the revelation was accidental. John smiles fondly as he changes into his casual clothing. He remembers walking by Darby's locker room and hearing whimpering. Since it was after their match, he was concerned for the younger man that he might be having some trouble. So John pushed open the door. He was quite shocked to see Darby crying in the middle of the floor struggling to unbutton his shorts, and it broke John's carefully guarded heart, so he carefully approached Darby. Hey, little one, John said softly, as not to startle Darby, who looks at him with wide, tearful eyes. 
Do you need help? Yes, Darby hiccuped, and John carefully undressed Darby and helped him into his casual clothing. After John practically dressed Darby, the boy was being unusual, not helpful. His eyes started falling shut, and he fell against John's big chest, sticking his fingers into his mouth and beginning to suck contently. John realized what was going on when he saw that. How old are you, little one, in response? Darby held up four fingers, but his pinky was curled in half. So, three and a half? Darby nodded against John's chest. Okay, I can work with this. Little one, can I take you to the hotel? Unbelievably, Darby nodded his consent and stood up, but John looked at him, noticing his fatigue, the older man scooped the younger man off his feet, and Darby immediately curled into John's chest again. John ignored the looks he got from their co-workers and got a runner to put his and Darby's bags in the trunk of the lift. On the way to the hotel, Darby fell asleep, so John carried him to his own room, unwilling to leave Darby by himself in this state. When Darby woke up in John's room in the morning, John was already up, showered and eating breakfast. The platinum blonde began to panic once he realized what happened the night before and begged John not to tell anyone his secret. Much to Darby's shock, John was completely understanding and comforted him, then proceeded to further shock Darby by offering to be his caregiver. Nobody should have to go through it alone. John argued gently. How's a child supposed to care for themselves on their own? Darby, once he got over shock, launched himself at John and hugged him tight. Thank you. I'd like to have a caregiver, and I'd love for it to be you. Since then, John has been Darby's caregiver, and he absolutely loves it. It's a wonderful stress reliever for Darby, and an awesome way for John to relax and get his head back on straight. It strengthens the close, out-of-ring relationship between John and Darby. Now, back to the half problem. When Darby is in headspace, he's clingy. He doesn't like to be left on his own, even for just a couple of minutes, and always wants to be know where his daddy is. John doesn't mind. In fact, he adores this trait of little Darby. That said, tonight isn't exactly the best of nights for clinginess for two reasons. The first, lesser reason, is while Darby will always be John's first priority, no matter what, John needs to tape up and treat his wounds from the night. The second, major reason, is that when Darby is little, John does not allow him to consume violent content. Yes, even wrestling, because Darby is a very impressionable baby and will try it out himself. Like the one time Guevara dared him to jump off the ramp and land on a skateboard. Thank God John happened to be passing through, since he could recognize that Darby was falling into his headspace and was able to stop him. He very nearly tore Guevara's head off for that one. Due to work, Darby has been under a lot of stress lately and has been regressing more often. This isn't an issue for either of them, but John has to find a way to take care of his injuries without Darby noticing. The younger man is currently with 
Jurassic Express because Luchasaurus has his two two littles of his own and he's very adept at caring for them. John has absolutely no idea how the dinosaur man handles Jack and Marco with such patience, especially since they are full of energy and so athletic. Darby's been in his headspace since the early afternoon due to stress and is being kept away from TV to prevent him from seeing the show. But since he's preoccupied with his friends Jack and Marco and the toys between them, he doesn't even care. John knocks on Jurassic Express's dressing room door and is greeted by the tired-looking Luchasaurus. Looking past the dinosaur, his lips quirk into a found smile. Darby, Marco, and Jack are fast asleep, curled up around each other as well as a toy each. There are a couple of toy cars clinched in Marco's fists as he sleeps on his stomach, an arm thrown loosely over Jack. Jack is curled in the fetal position, his arm over Marco's back, and a green triceratops stuffy pressed against his chest, sucking on a bright pink pacifier, even while asleep. Darby is slumped against a locker, holding onto a stuffed koala, drool running down his chin. Aside from the toys the three boys have, the room is clean. Thanks for looking after Darby, man, John expresses gratefully walking into the room, careful not to wake anyone. He tried to wait for me to come back, his motions with his head to Darby's form slumped against the lockers. Yeah, he did, and it's no problem, man, Lugisaurus says. Darby's a great kid. Mark and Jack love him. Marco, sorry. John carefully lifts Darby's Darby up, careful not to wake him. Daddy loves Darby loves him too, he whispered. Thanks again for watching him. Do you need any help to the hotel? Luchasaurus asks. John shakes his head, giving the dinosaur a grin. I sh think I should be asking you that, he says, motioning to Luchasaurus's sleeping boys with his head. Luchasaurus looks at them with a loving expression. Nah, neither of them are very heavy. I'm good, man. John walks out the door. Good night. The dinosaur returns the sentiment as John carries Darby to a waiting lift, wincing a bit at his aching body. He's glad that Darby's out cold and that their room's on the first floor. It'll be easy to lie Darby down for the night. John can get through his injuries as quickly as possible and slide into the bed for the night. Darby sleeps all the way to the hotel, much to John's relief. A considerate hotel employee passing by sees the load John is carrying and kindly unlocks the hotel door. John makes a mental note to leave the, that employee a large tip. Kicking the door shut, he kicks the bags into the corner so they won't be tripped over. He carries Darby over to the bed and tucks him in tight. Taking a second to admire his beautiful boy before kissing his forehead and going into the bathroom to finally take care of his body. With a bit of struggle, John peels off his t-shirt he threw on before he left Daly's place. He's not at all surprised to see the angry red and slightly demonic looking bruises blooming over his torso and back. That's kind of nasty, ain't it? He mumbles to himself, unzipping his pants and sighing in relief when the cold air hits his sweaty, warm skin. Luckily, his legs are pretty much fine, and he could walk without pain in them. So he slides on gray sweatpants and focuses his attention on the upper half. Since he's been training and he has tons of matches, death or non-death, he's used to this kind of thing. And he'll heal up before he needs to wrestle again. Daddy? Whipping to the, to the doorway of the rather spacious bathroom for a hotel, 
John's heart sinks when he sees Darby standing in the doorway. Darby's eyes are glued to John's bruises, bruised body and his eyes fill with tears. D Daddy, you're, you're hurt. Darby chokes out, bursting into tears. John's physical pain is nothing compared to the emotional pain of Darby crying. Much like his adult self, Darby isn't much of a crier in little space, but when he cries, it's pretty serious. John puts the tape down and opens his eyes. Come here, Darby, he coaxes. But Darby doesn't move, and John gets that Darby's afraid of hurting him. It's, it's okay, baby. You're not going to hurt Daddy. His gentle words, Darby hesitantly comes closer and carefully hugs John around his shoulders, avoiding his midsection entirely. Humming encouragingly, John pulls his little boy into his lap, shushing him softly. Reaching for a plastic cup, John tears the plastic off of his teeth and fills a cup with water from the sink, giving it to Darby. Come on, little one. You need to drink, or your body will lose all its water, and you'll dry up. Despite his tears, Darby giggles a bit at the cheesy joke and takes the cup, taking a tiny sip. Good baby. Now you know when you're my big boy, you fight. Darby nods. I do that, too. You know that. Daddy was just fighting a hard match tonight. He's going to be fine. Darby looks up at him, face tear-stained, gripping the cup like it's his lifeline, Daddy, you won't die, will you? He asks quietly. Baby, I promise I won't. I'm here for you and I won't die because of a match. Wrestling is dangerous, but John is a professional. If there's ever a situation that expresses even the slightest bit of uncertainty at his survival, he's walking out. Not just for himself, but for his wife, his parents, his fan, and for Darby. His little needs him so much and he can't leave him. Darby clings to John's neck. Don't leave me, Daddy, he whimpers. John holds Darby tightly. Never, baby. That's a promise. I love you, Daddy, Darby mumbles, sucking his fingers again. And Daddy loves his baby even more, John replies, kissing the top of his baby's head. Well, that was truly something. Um, but that was chapter one of Deathmatch Daddy. Um, and... Uh, that was truly something. Um, I might have do a few takes of these because I was like cracking up at, at at the when you know some of the parts, but got through it and now I can be finished this punishment. And yeah, so uh, yeah, so that's all, folks. And uh, make sure you uh, subscribe to Deep Six Wrestling on YouTube. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Deep Six Wrestling without the G. And look at all of our latest content. Cool. Peace.